Greetings, heathens and heretics, and welcome to uh, In the Abyss uh, with me, as usual, and of course, the voice of reason and uh, Padre of Arabia, as he's now being known. Um, it's a bit of a different flavour this week. Um, we've got a guest with us, goes by the name of Elliot Lever, uh, who, in terms of relevance to us, is a writer for Metal Hammer, and from what I gather from your your bios and everything on social media, you you do all sorts of other things as well. Um, but there is a specific reason that, that Elliot's joining us this week. So, Elliot, first off, thank you for coming on. Thank you for joining us. Most important thing. Um, so why... Yeah, thank you very much for having me. Why have we dragged you on this hovel of a podcast this week? You say you've dragged me on, and yet I was the one... <laughs> and I was the one who went, hey, I want to talk about this. <laughs> yeah, really good to be here. Thanks for having me, as I said. Um, I'm on here today because I am... One of those, I'm a rare breed in the metal world in the sense that I'm also a Christian and a fairly practicing Christian as well. I, I don't I don't claim to be the best one. Um, and I would certainly like to say that I am not over however long we're in here to try and convert any of the people currently on the podcast or even any of the listeners. It's literally just, as I like to say, this is an insight into how I can be climbing the with highway to hell in my ears what a way to put it that's that's sort of yeah that's that, that's perfect look from our point of view um none of us are particularly christian i think anthony voice of reason you you grew up with a sort of a christian upbringing didn't you but i i, I mean despite the fact we've known each other a quarter of a century i don't know to what extent that is but um but it was it was a really interesting one for us because there's obviously there's the obvious juxtaposition between Christianity and heavy metal. But when we started started thinking about it a little bit more, there's, there's there's way more to it. So I suppose the way to start is when and where you got into heavy metal in the first place and what got you into heavy metal. It really came through my parents. I don't think I don't think was I don't think I had a chance of not liking heavy music. Um like my dad had seen my both my parents had gone to various gigs when uh, they were younger. They went and saw status quo together uh, when mum was pregnant with me. So <laughs> like, I, I didn't stand a chance. Like I, I was if if they're going to go and see a band who are notorious for being loud and everything like that, it, you know, it will cause some sort of neonatal effect on it. But they I was always brought up with music around the house from the punk scene, from rock, from a, a pretty much everything. My dad's also a massive Pink Floyd fan, who are one of my favorite bands as a result. Um, it wasn't until I was like 11 and I, I my dad had this CD and it's it's it was called the greatest heavy metal album in the world ever. Oh, yeah, yeah. We, um, I think we've all had those somewhere along the lines. Yeah. And, uh, yeah. and it, it opens with Queens. We will rock you. So yeah. strong start. <laughs> um, but it did start to it introduce me to bands like Sabbath and Priest and Maiden and Megadeth and bands like that. And I was kind of going, yeah, 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 this is all right. And then raiding my dad's cd another day i just picked this album off the shelf um and i was like oh i've heard of this band before they were on that cd i'm gonna give it a listen i stuck it in my stereo and i sat back in my inflatable armchair uh, and it was iron maiden's fear of the dark and be quick or be dead blew my 11 year old mind and that was kind of it it was a case of well this is this is what i want to follow and it, it almost like a beautiful thing of coming full circle i found out minutes later that fear of the dark was number one in the album charts over here the week i was born um there you go. which right. is just the just 
just one of the greatest coincidences I think ever. And from then on, it was a case of then that was at 11 and it took me a couple of years, but by the time I hit 15, 16, I was get a gigs and and the metal you know i <laughs> the metal was within me <laughs> you can't kill the metal but um that at 15 was when i followed with both of what my parents had done and became a christian as well so because they were not only bringing me up with the music they were also bringing me up as a christian so i've been quite lucky in that i've had up in a christian home and i certainly feel it um but it was because i was brought up with them doing it it was always a sense of well, if they think it's all right for me to be listening at all, if they think they can be, they can listen to heavy metal and be Christians, then so can I. That's that really that that's interesting for me. I mean, can I, based on your age, you're you're good ten years younger than us. Um, so, mm. are your parents sort of young boomers or late Gen X? Because it's interesting this, just to see the potential juxtaposition there with. I suppose parents of our yeah. age, a bit more, you, you wouldn't come across that as much. Yeah, I would say I think they're late boomers. They were born in the early 60s, um, which okay, meant yeah. that, they, that they were just getting into adulthood. Yeah, it meant they were just getting into adulthood at like the time of the punk explosion at the, at the end of the 70s. Um, yeah. um, but before or then, like they, they'd gone to concerts. I mean, uh, it's my dad uh, he shout out to my parents by the way who will listen to this at some point because i'm good and his dad took him he went and saw status quo on like the first time they would quit and it, apparently his ears rang for two days after um he was he saw phil liner outside of thin lizzie with phil liner's grands pretty cool nice. he saw dire straits as well which i've never forgiven him for um mum 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 went and mum went and mum went and was like she went she was in america at one point it's all the allman brothers bands and molly hatchet um she was going yeah. to punk gigs as well although who i can't she said one show and i can't for the, i can't for the top of my head remember who it was and she was like this was my first hardcore punk show it didn't it finished early because the police came in and kicked everybody out <laughs> um and and uh, and like they went and saw bands together uh, uh, as well when they were that when they when they were finally a couple and then the older that I got after they had got me into all of my music after their music I started getting them into all of mine. So now that I've grown up and you know I've got one brother and now that we've flown in the nest, um, now that we've both flown in the nest and everything like that, uh, it's got to the point where we can we can keep that sort of we they can come and see gigs with us. You know, uh, so I've gone to see bands with my parents all of the time. Um, I've seen my dad a number of times uh, with the three of us are seeing Hailstorm in a couple of weeks at Wembley Arena. Nice. They came to download for the first time this year. Uh, we've got with Tation next year. So it's really, really cool about how they they were able to bring me up in that in not only in an environment which I feel was really safe for me, uh, but also that we've the older that we've got the more we've been able to connect, not connect, not just on a faith front, because they really helped me out with my faith when I'm struggling, because they've seen it all more than I have, uh, but also that we can connect on this music front too. It's like, yeah, it's it's a really cool dynamic that the three of us share together. I think that, I mean, that in itself, take away the, the you know, the Christian element in your family, the, the fact that they've, they've got you into metal, and then, you know, you then, you, you'd sort of bringing them into the, the modern generation, I think, it's um like like Anthony said, we're sort of 
10-ish years older than you. Mm. So that would be harder for us because if I was to take my my parents to bloodstock now, for instance, my parents are around about 80. So it's yeah. like you know, <laughs> that chance is gone. But that in itself is really cool that you've got that relationship with your parents and you're going to festivals and taking them to gigs. It's it's amazing. I hope, you know, my my daughter in the last few years has recently gotten heavy metal. She's 15. And I'm hoping I kind of have that same sort of experience. So that's that's really cool. Really cool story. You, you, you've, you've talked about the fact that your parents were already Christians. Did you ever at any point sort of push back on that? Did you ever think this isn't for me? I don't think it was. I don't think it was ever so much a pushback as more of not so much against. I think I think when you're a t- uh, all teenagers, you do try and push boundaries. The, the older that you get and the more that you kind of get your own brain and you develop, you do start to try and break free. You know what your parents, your, your parents restraints and everything like that. And I don't think it was a case of me trying to break free, try actually go over the line. But I was very, very good at seeing how far I could get without actually going over it. Yeah. I always enjoyed that sort of that sort of aspect of it. Um, I think that when I was a lot younger, going to church was a chore. It was it was something that happened on Sunday morning that meant I couldn't play championship manager computer um so that was that was the way it seemed and it was it was there was very much I do remember instances where I'd be up and I'd be getting ready and I'd be like oh mum would be like no for whatever reason and I'd cheer because I'd be like oh good I get to you know sit on the computer and play imaginary football but the after that I got secondary school and I was like I actually want to learn a bit more about this Jesus bloke even not on a faith level even if it was just kind of just as a curiosity because I like I like learning about other religions anyway I think it's important that uh even though I've got my own faith that I am able to respect each with people of other walks of life so I do like reading up on that sort of stuff anyway so for me to read about Christianity even if I turned out to be an atheist I'd kind of want to be in where it's like yeah yeah, yeah I can see where you believe it see if we can draw similarities differences etc um and then what happened with me and then you know you go through your teenage and you do start to push back a bit as you were saying but then when I was 15 I went to a a, like a Christian conference festival called Soul Survivor and that kind of changed my life I saw what I fully believe to be God moving in people with my own eyes and I was like there is absolutely it was immediate in my mind I was like there is way that what I am seeing is people is is being made up there is absolutely no way. And that was when I committed. And then as you go on, you do feel the pressures and you do. It's really hard being a Christian. I think a lot of people don't realise, don't realise just how hard it can be um, because you this other stuff and you know that you shouldn't really be doing that because that's not what you're being taught. And that's really difficult. And that's where kind of the frustration happens and what you find a lot of people who find their faith when they're young, potentially moving away from it in later life, or yeah, they yeah. struggle at that point. So, and I think that's kind of where the kind of answer your question a bit is that, yes, I did, but I find that the God I believe in has a very funny sense of humor and he's very good at bringing me back into things. And he's very, uh, kind of makes me look up at him and shake my fist, like 1950s father style of like door, like shaking fists in the air, or, you know, sort of thing he's got a very funny sense of humor with me and and i think there was also that point where i was like it got to the point where i was like you know what 
I can push all I want, but he's got my in his hands and he's going to get me. He, he, even if I go off the rails, he's always going to be there and he's always going to somehow show himself to me and kind of bring me back around when I and when I f- not feel ready, like is the wrong word, but I he knows that eventually I'll come back round to it. What kind of um, what kind of views do you get on it from from people you know, like within your church and things like that? And when they know you're a heavy metal fan, what's the what's the the reaction towards that? Do you ever wear a metal shirt in church, for instance? I uh, I do now because so three months ago, three months to Nottingham uh, from Bristol. I'd lived in Bristol for thirteen years. And I, I'd been in what I call the spiritual wilderness, quote unquote, for about a year. That like just I just wasn't going to church. Um, and I knew that it was important for me as I got up when I moved city to try and reconnect with that. So and I, I've I've walked into a church called Grace Church in Nottingham, where not only have they been totally cool with it. And, you know, I've had a lot of chats with with the senior pastor there about his love of music as well. And it's not as heavy as mine, but he has sat there and gone, yeah, I I, I, I like to Bush in the 90s. And I'm like, yeah, I can get behind this. Bush are great. So, it, but also they, they one of the one of the people up there did a talk, a passage in the Bible on a couple of characters called Jacob and Ezra. And basically the story goes that Jacob disguised himself as his brother Esau Esau, to essentially get his birthright from their dad, Isaac, and he, he pretends to be his brother. And, the, and, the, and they were basically saying that he had to do this. Nowadays, you don't have to disguise yourself to be a Christian and to be a good Christian. And it really spoke to me because prior to that, it had like I was judged by the church community for being a metalhead. Like the my metal, my metal friends have always, they've always accepted me They've always accepted me more for being a Christian than I've always that I felt a church family has ever accepted me for being a heavy metal fan. Right. Um, and I meant obviously I talk about my parents on this. This year, for the first ever time, my parents came to download just for the day. Uh, but they wanted to see a few bands there, so they made the trip up to Donington. And when they were telling friends about it afterwards, who might who were part of the church family, they were a little bit taken aback and like, oh, you know, I'm I, I, I'm not sure you should be doing this. Or in terms of like, oh, really, you're doing that sort of thing now. And I, there is still such such a stigma that is attached between. And I get it because metal has had so there is so much of metal that is symbolic with the devil and Satanism and the died in a cult and i do get it but you know i i've come on to in the abyss to talk about being a christian you wouldn't find me on a christian podcast talking about being a heavy metal fan in the slightest you wouldn't you wouldn't find me talking on christian radio about being a heavy metal fan because they will look at it and they'll go no there are too many there are too many people in the audience who listen to us who will get upset over the fact that we've got a quote unquote devil worshiper on, even though I've Jesus fully really now for more than half of my adult life. Um, but now that I've got this new chapter, I do feel like the people at my current church, again, I don't think they really too much about what I'm wearing. I've never really had any comments on what I'm wearing. Uh, I, the last time I was in church on Sunday, I was repping a band called Harriet 
who I think are one of the greatest young yeah, like yeah. Yeah. to come out of the British music yeah. scene at the moment. Uh, and I remember tweet I tweeted about it and I was like, do you know what? What I love about coming here is that I'm sat stood here in a long sleeve and nobody is judging me for it. That's good. That's how it should be. You're, yeah. And unfortunately, I find maybe maybe this is because I've grown up in a world that is slowly becoming more and more liberal, but I still find that there is a lot of the church that can be quite, even in this country, I know we, we see it more in America because America is mad, but <laughs> we like, we do, but yeah. I mean, we do yeah, see America a lot of, still see a lot of conservatism in Christianity. Yeah, but we do see a lot of conservatism still in Christianity where there are still people who will go you've got to come to church in sunday best and you've got to do it a certain way and you can't do this and you can't do that and you can't do the other and i mean but yeah right like i i the way that the bible the bible teaches us that jesus conversed with the tax collectors and the prostitutes he conversed with the people who are on the lowest rung of the ladder and you cannot put you cannot gatekeep a church you can't gatekeep a religion or a walk of faith because it should be something for everybody. One of the things I've always said is that I don't follow Christianity. I follow Christ. Like I have, I have, I am renowned in my own life for the minute that a church starts preaching something that I don't believe is correct. I that church I've done it at least once because it's, it's not, it's not right. They're taking what I, they're taking the Bible from my own perspective and going, no it's going this is what we believe you're going to believe it as well and it's like well no you've got this wrong and you're leading people in the wrong direction and that's where it's when people start taking things too literally or they start forcing other people to believe exactly what they believe instead of them going this is what we're putting to you go and implement it in your own life ask god where it's going to help you in your life and he will answer for you and I've always believed in a church that is love accepting and it doesn't matter whether you're animal, vegetable, mineral, whatever. If you want to come in and you want to learn or if you just want that community or anything like that, then a church should always be open to you and shouldn't judge you regardless of what you're wearing or that. Yeah, I mean, that, that, that it's interesting because I think I, I'm not sure whether to be surprised or not, because I know that the church has become you know, more progressive in recent years. And it's had to, because that's the nature of the mm. world. And that's how we evolve and, and change. Yeah. But have you been reading about um, the latest Dean of Canterbury recently? I have not seen this. Do you know yeah. what? Funny enough, right? And this is, this is ironic. I do not read a huge amount of Christian news. And I don't know ah. why I don't. It's, pro it's kind of like a New Year's resolution for me. Go on, you bring it up, because I'll, I'll, I'll well, see what I can do with it. Yeah, well, it just came up in my feed because I, I live in Margate, so I'm just up the road. So, um, you know, it's practically yeah, yeah, yeah. practically my doorstep. But yeah, the, the Dean of Canterbury, uh, the Reverend Wendy Dalrymple is, is how I think her name is pronounced. But I think she's a bit older than us here. She's probably in her late 40s. But she um, she was up in Loughborough, all sort of Nottingham, I think, as a diocese. But she's covered in tattoos yeah. uh, and whatnot. And there's been a bit of a... There's been reaction, certainly online, but of course with online, it's, you know, you're just attracting all the sort of poor elements and whatnot. Um, yeah, but it's, you know, it, it's generated a few um, a few news articles about, you know, a sort of a young, well, say young, young woman, certainly as far as the older generation are concerned, covered in tattoos, 
not a proper Christian. Why is she? Why is she doing this? And etc. Cetera, etc. Cetera. And it's just come on, you know, her faith. Her faith cannot be questioned. She's been she's been doing this for most of her adult life. She's experienced, and yeah, that's that's what we that's what it should be right now. And fair play to her. And um, yeah, it just sort of you know caught my eye because I knew this interview was coming up as well. I mean, she'd have a coronary because I went to university with somebody whose husband is the chaplain of Bath University or Bath Spa, one of the two, covered in tattoos, most of them Star Wars related or faith related. And he went to skateboard. He's essentially a hipster vicar. Right. <laughs> and, and and I and I say that in, a, in an endearing way, if if he's listening, is Pope Joy. He, he, I've met him, I think, only once, but he was a lovely, lovely guy. Um, but he dresses with the, the pictures they put of him in, in this on BuzzFeed, which kind of, I guess, dampens the legitimacy, but I digress. Um, and they're pictures of him on this skateboard in like Cheetos rolled up in a shirt with one of those um woolly hats on that's turned up, so it's a little bit shorter than your average beanie. So he does look like a bit of a hipster blessing, but again, if, if the goes is again it shouldn't matter i mean there's a the, the one line that i've always gone with and it's a it's a line of the bible i've always taken to heart and it's a line i quote to a lot of people it's in a book of the bible called romans in the ten, in chapter 10 verse 9 and paul says that if you believe if you proclaim with your heart jesus is lord and know that god raised him from death and saved him from death you will be saved and when you when you've got that sort of view point on it all Basically, that means that, that I mean, there is that part of you that then goes, well, it, it, that's the kind of like almost like the get out clause where you go, if somebody's on their deathbed and they renounce every, their life to Christ, they will be saved. But that also in another context goes, well, as long as you believe that Christ died for you and you are saved, as long as you believe that Jesus is the son of God, and as long as you are intending on, on trying to follow him for the rest of your life, then it doesn't matter what's on the outside. I mean, I'm wearing, I mean, I know that I'm wearing a Metallica shirt right now. It doesn't stop the fact there's a crucifix, ne crucifix necklace that's underneath. No, just well, because see, I'm wearing see, a metal shirt. I mean, you see the crucifix hanging around, hanging around people's necks within the metal community all the time, you know? So it's, it's not yeah. like, it's, I mean, you know, the obvious is Ozzy Osbourne, you know, always yeah. wore, wore the cross around his neck. And it's, it's such a, it's an image that's so symbolic with heavy metal anyway. It almost it almost doesn't make sense that there's that there's there's almost a, a divide. And like you say, people are like, oh well, you you know, you're into that kind of thing now. It's uh, that's one of the things I've always struggled with. It. I'm not particularly well educated on on faith and Christianity, so I might be coming out from the wrong angle, but you know, it, that that's that's never sort of I've never been able to make sense of that, why there is such a because a lot of a lot of heavy metal certainly going back 70s and 80s it's quite tongue in cheek certainly you know from our point of view a lot of it is just you can you can have a giggle at it it just seems a little bit daft sometimes and mm. surely that that almost that should soften the angle from heavy, from the heavy metal point of view as far as it, how how do christians feel about that do they actually take that image seriously or can you know do you know anybody that can look at that and go ah, that's just that's just Ronnie James Dio being Ronnie James Dio. It's it's all a bit of fun. It's pantomime. I, 
I think I think for me, one of the big things, is, and, and, and funny enough, I've I've spoken to small groups on this. There is absolutely nothing in that says you cannot listen to a certain type of music. Yeah, metal obviously aside, but we're talking all forms of music: pop, hip hop, R and B, rap, whatever. What it say is you should be you should be attempting to within everyday life, uh, you should be attempting to do stuff that pleases, and that means. The way I look at it is that every single Christian, particularly particularly in the metal seed, every single Christian is going to have their own boundaries on this sort of thing of what they believe is right and what they believe is not to listen to. So for me personally, I understand that a sevenfold bassist is called Johnny Christ because it's a stage name. I know people that will not listen to Avenged Sevenfold because he's called Johnny's Christ. And that's their own take on it. Yeah. I, People who won't who understand that the title track from Iron Maiden's The Number of the Beast is about a nightmare Steve Harris had. Some people won't listen to it if they're Christian because it's six six in it and it talks yeah. about that sort of side of things. Um for me personally, there's there's obviously a huge amount of extreme black metal I won't listen to. Um the my number one draft pick being Marduk, who have often tried to say they're the most blasphemous band on the planet. And I'm like, uh yeah, probably not for me. Um, but I'm not afraid to kind of stop listening to bands if they go against it. The biggest example recently was is Twin Temple, right? Oh, now, right. Now yeah. I freely I have to look into this. I freely yeah, I freely admit I have to look into this a bit further myself because I haven't yet. But they did an interview where they said that they were being Satanists, and all of a sudden I went, Oh, I don't feel comfortable listening to them now. That's a shame. I really liked what they were doing. It was, it was, it was Amy Winehouse. Basically, it's Amy Winehouse by typo negative. It's amazing. And I was <laughs> yeah. like, I don't feel comfortable listening to this now because I'm a Christian, and it goes, it goes against that. Although I'm freely a, a, aware, it's, it's a weird one with, with that because I know you can't have God without the devil and vice versa. Exactly. So yeah. there is, so there's something. There's more I've got to look into. Everybody within that sort of thing picks their own boundaries with it. And as long as you respect it and you don't push it, because a lot of people, particularly in my metal friends, are like, we look Christian. We don't mind that. We don't. And they'll say, just don't force it down our throats. And I'm like, yeah, that's fine. I will talk about it. And I and if you want, I'll have questions from a Christian perspective, then hi, my inbox is always open. But I'm not going to force you to become one. I made a personal it's a personal decision and a personal commitment to every one of us why what are you get you know you can't force it down someone you can only teach them and tell them about it and if they decide yes we're going to do it then great not, hey it is what it is that's the way of the world but yeah like like i will i'll listen to certain things that other christians won't i'm sure that other christians will christian heavy metal fans will listen to stuff that i won't uh, it's all about your own personal journey and what you personally feel comfortable with and whether you always have to ask that sort of thing of how am i is there am i able to am i honoring god with this or is my faith strong enough that i can listen to it and know it's not going to affect me as a christian which is another thing that i look at quite a lot it's kind of my own view of separating the art from the artist <laughs> yeah that's a way of putting it i suppose the biggest example of all of this is ghost certainly from a commercial point of view where do you stand with them because they're, they're I love not, ghosts. not subtle with the delivery are they <laughs> I love Ghost, but the reason why I'm not I, I'm okay with Ghost is because I understand that it's all cabaret and yeah. it's all the yeah. front. Like and 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 it's funny because we we again, funny enough, 
and again, the perfect example of this is my dad because I, I, I go, I, I do, I do kind of like. It, it, there are some bands who it's got to the point now where there are. My my dad mentioned to me we called and we when we we speak a lot about music, and my dad said, "Oh yeah, I heard Square Hammer by Ghost, and I thought it was really really good." And at the same time, knowing what he's like, I was like, "Yeah, but I, I, I'm laying it all flat out now." The frontman dresses as a zombie priest with a, a zombie bishop. The, the the band members are all called ghouls. They do sing songs about Satanism, but it is all kind of Victorian-style cabaret and everything like that. But then he can make his own mind up on it. But I know that ghosts just do it because really good gimmick and they're not overly serious about it. They're not actually practising Satanists or practising devil worshippers. I'm okay with that. I love ghosts. Like, I was lucky enough to go to their show at the Royal Abbott Hall, and it's comfortably in my top ten shows of all time. Um, wow. They're just a, they're they're just a really fun band. Um, so yeah, but no, I get I get why I get why so many people would look at that and just like run a country mile if they're a Christian. Because <laughs> yeah, if you take I get, it yeah, I get, on, I get... on the surface, yeah, completely, it's because it's so in your face, isn't it? Yeah, and I wonder how many. Uh, the other thing as well, while we bring up the the crucifix, is I wonder how many people who wear an inverted crucifix know that that is technically a christian symbol as well um yeah i didn't know be very... no so someone needs to tell glenn benton that <laughs> so the the inverted crucifix was how saint peter was crucified he was crucified on upside down cross because he did he didn't feel like he on the same level as his lord and savior christ and of course jesus was done on a, a, a cross the right way up so saint peter wanted to be crucified on a cross that was inverted well there you go well, yeah, and I, I love the fact that, that there were probably quite a lot of, yeah. But I love the fact there are probably quite a lot of bands out there being like, oh, you know, we're going to we're going to do an inverted. It's like the first leader of the Catholic Church got crucified on one of those. You're, it's not the home run you think it is, my guy. Let me talk about black metal for a minute because you just, you just brought it up. You mentioned Marduk, and obviously the the history with black metal. We all know about that, the, the church burnings and things like. That. Do you listen to any black metal yeah, yeah, at all? Yeah, yeah. I do. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. Everything went down the wrong way there. Um, I listen to Behemoth quite a lot, actually. Wow. I think, okay. I, yeah. Right. Excuse me. And I think that's because it's twofold, really. Firstly, Nurgle was brought up a Catholic. Yeah. And so, yeah. from my point of view, that means as an understanding on it that nobody, that, that a lot of Christians won't have. Uh, sorry, not a lot of black metal bands won't have, not Christians. Also, um, so obviously, you mentioned at the start, that I um I write for Metal Hammer. I also write for a uh, publication called Distorted Sound, yeah. and Distorted right. one of the one of our former writers did an interview did an interview with Nurgle, and Nurgle said that in this interview said religion is a beautiful thing. It's some of the people that practice it that make it horrible, and he's absolutely right. You're going to have extremists on every side, but I think what he was getting at was. If you believe in something and it gives you the morals or helps you to be a better person, then I do not see what's wrong with it. And if and if Nurgle's preaching that, feel more comfortable listening to the music he's producing because he understands a side of it that not a lot of people would. Um, and also for mind is that I think Behemoth are the closest thing black metal's ever got to the mainstream. So it's a little bit more palatable for me. Uh, but I do love the fact that at Download One, I met her with a friend of mine who's also a Christian and she'd been sat in front of the main stage all day waiting for, who was it now? 
it might have been Slipknot, I think they were playing. And she was like, and I walked up afterwards and kind of surprised look on her face. And I was like, ah, I see you've uh, witnessed our dark and satanic overlords behemoth. <laughs> and she was like, no, 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 no. This isn't for me. And I was like, yeah, that's fair enough. I really like him, but I've seen him a bunch of times before. I'm okay with missing them. Um, black metal otherwise, I mean, I listened to a bit of Immortal. Immortal got me into black metal in the first place. Uh, kind of classic stuff. I did get to see Emperor doing the Nightside Eclipse in full as well a number of years ago. And that was a really, that was such a hellfest. It was such a cool show. Um, I guess, again, it's it's a situation where, like, I will, if I find a black metal band or I find a, I like, I, I try to separate my music taste from my faith unless it's blindingly obvious that I shouldn't be listening to it, like, case in point, Marder. But with black metal, it is more of a case of for me of being like, are they one of those bands? And when I say are they one of those bands, I mean more, are they far right? Yeah, yeah. Are they yeah. anti-Christian. Yeah, that's true. That is more my <laughs> like, Yeah, always. It's it's yeah, I, I genuinely have less of a concern over whether they are actual Satan devil worshippers than whether they are actual racists. Yeah. Um, which which may say a lot about me, it may not, who knows. But yeah, so but yeah, black is one of those things where I will listen to certain things, but I won't listen to it all um, because you know there is there is quite a lot of it that contravenes with my faith, and then you know you kind of go, no, I shouldn't be listening to this sort of stuff. I mean, to be fair, Rob, I mean a lot of black metal, it, it's not, I suppose, strictly speaking, satanic in the biblical sense. It's more pagan, yeah. so um, it's just yeah, obviously... and, yeah, and and I mean, like you know, we. Can't really we we can't really denounce the pagans when we went hey we're going to steal your holidays for when our savior was born and when <laughs> he rose from the dead <laughs> like i think i think like it's one of those things where i have to sit there and go yeah it, uh, like we i think it's well known that he was born at some point in the summer than than christmas and then the christian the early christians just went no we are hey what when are the pag what are the pagans doing on the say oh celebrating the coming of the uh, of something or other on december 25th cool do you do you want to take that as our date for jesus birth yeah cool that's lunch like it's <laughs> it's a really interesting thing because it's it, it's kind of like well yeah so yeah it's more of a pagan thing you're right and again i i'm quite open to that thing because on that sort of like pagan front one of my favorite bands of the minute are high lung and i love wardruna as well because they've just got a sound i've never heard before all of that like whenever I, I saw um Highlander Arc Tangent this year just gone and just when they opened their curtains and it was just all foliage on stage I was like I am no longer in on a farm in Bristol I am currently in a wooded clearing in Middle Earth somewhere like I am I am in a place where I you know they set the atmosphere well uh, there is there is a lovely irony in the fact that that even though I do believe that Christianity is the one true faith and the God I believe in is the one true God and Jesus is the son of, of said God, that we we take a lot of stuff from other religions and try and pass it off on our own. In case in point, Christmas coming up. There's currently a bit of a uh, a bit of a, a resurgence with a cultish and pagan heavy metal. Obviously, it's a lot more on the underground, but it is it is quite popular at the moment. There's a lot of it around and it's... Like I say, 
you know, my first thoughts about Twin Temple was was more occult until I realised that yeah, it, the imagery is a lot more sort of Satan worshiping and things like that. Mm-hmm. But the occult seems to be quite popular. If you go into bars in London, bars like um, like Helgi's in London, it's it's all very it's all adorned in in occult stuff and there's all that sort of stuff going on. It's almost like we're moving away from you know, direct Satanist imagery that you had in the 70s and 80s. And it's, it's something different now. But more than my point is the 90s was a shift in heavy metal in terms of, mm-hmm. of imagery and, you know, album artwork and lyrical content and things like that. And you started to see a, more of a Christian element coming through in, into music. The Christian metal band started to become more of a thing. You know, do you think do you think that's got a lot to do with how you, you know, a, a Christian can be a bit more accepting about having you met on now because it is a little less in your face. I think so. I mean, again, the the second big irony than me listening to other than me not reading a huge amount of Christian news is actually I don't listen to a huge amount of Christian metal, and the reason why is because I found that a lot of metal is either not gritty enough for my own taste, or it is too overtly cheesy. Um, yeah, but I think I think the 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 big point that we, we all look at and the OGs of Christian metal are Striper, yeah, who yeah, are as silly are they are they they are as silly as they get, um, and there is a story that they opened for Anthrax on like they were like the token local band opening on Anthrax US tour, and. Um, the story goes that they were throwing Bibles out into the audience and having them thrown back, ripped and shredded into a million pieces. Um, but I think that because and then they went platinum with an album called To Hell with the Devil in 1986. Yeah. And I think then you have a moment where people went, oh, I think that was the kind of like, t- to pardon the biblical pun, the genesis of when people just kind of went, OK, we can we can this. And we can, and this is actually an acceptable thing. Um, and I think that that's, and I think that that's definitely kind of, I think that was definitely the people when, yeah, this is, this can be done. And then of course you, you're right in saying like the nineties kind of opened it all out a little bit more. And even today, there are a couple of, there are a couple of bands this year who are Christian metal bands or Christian heavy rock bands, certainly who have released albums that have got really close to my top 20 because they are so good in what they do um and yeah and and I think that it's just it's just great that we there is still a scene about it although what's really funny is there apparently a branch of Christian black metal called white metal at which point you kind of go uh that's not the right name for that yeah that's that yeah, not no, that's, that's not good that, no that's not the right approach to that at all. <laughs> no. but, you know, I, I tell you what though, I, yeah go on so I can ask what bands they were because I, I suspect we we share a common ground there with what uh the bands that are recent this, year, this year yeah yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, so the first band are called witch hazel yeah that's the first thing we thought you'd say yeah, yeah. We, we are, we're a huge fan of that album it's brilliant. i've got sacrament have you seen so just on the side and i'll mention this uh i think in a couple of weeks there it might even be this week uh, they're opening for green lung they're playing the for green lung. Ball, right? yeah yeah but uh, they've and you might not have seen this they've um Green Lung have commissioned a poster for the event, which is a heaven versus hell poster. Nice. So at the top of the thing, they've got Satan as 
affirmate figure as like you know the horned yeah. being with their with his own cronies and then at the bottom they've got christ directly opposite with angels in the in green lung's own heathen army style it looks incredible but we're chasing a certainly one and the other one who we've only just got into recently are a band called theocracy not familiar with them and theocracy yeah theocracy do progressive power metal oh um, <laughs> and they really <laughs> and you, oh, <laughs> you're hiding your face now the the last <laughs> firstly i firstly i like my power metal in dose yeah um yeah i'm with you on i that. like it I, I can like it doses but the last the last song the last song on their new album is uh it's called the red sea it's about the events of the book of exodus with like um moses saying i want to leave and the template crossing and the red sea parting and everything it's nearly 20 minutes long <laughs> oh yeah it's called red sea yeah I'm, yeah i'm seeing it. my god yeah all right i'm gonna i'm gonna have to listen it's, to that. It's, <laughs> let's get the car stereo treatment yeah that is. that's that's the commute to work tomorrow morning <laughs> it's a it's a fun album actually and again i've got so i've got a friend of mine uh, and i'm gonna shout the band out as well and name drop them because they're a brilliant band uh they're a band called moon reaper from bristol they won yeah, i know moon reaper. yeah i caught a little bit of my blood stock actually yeah yeah, yeah 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 exactly yeah so um and their bassist um aiden he is a very knowledgeable guy on metal, um, very, very intelligent. And he used to do like choir singing in a church and everything. So he does have, he has an understanding of faith that is from mine because he's not a practicing Christian, but he's got an element to it. And I love talking to him about it. And he was the one who brought me onto theocracy. And I just remember listening to this record going, it's really good. Like, and I'm not, as I've said, power metal can be too, can be too much for me like i can deal with sabaton because sabaton you get a free lesson with every song and that's cool <laughs> um but but you won't you won't like i like i have an issue sometimes listening to a huge amount of blind gun or dragon force before zp was fired because then they realized that not every song had to be nine minutes long um so yeah, dra dragon like, no, I, it, so add time, when power metal hits when it hits right it can be just oh yeah brilliant it can be amazing you know the first dream we, evil album is one of my favorite metal albums and that is just pure power metal cheese but it's so so good so it can it can we also hit the right spot yeah. we also remember their albums walls of jericho which is a direct christian reference to the bible yeah. so um by the way while we're on that subject i think that if you're gonna have that many trumpets blaring at the same time to bring down a wall then it's going to be heavy enough so i would i quite want to say that a number of trumpets at the same time is is metal so i i kind of go there's metal in the bible and i and, 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 and you know what they're probably it, to be fair probably people will translate it differently but it's quite fun to try and say that to christians and see them get a little bit confused about it um a few years ago Gotta have a sense um dave mustaine who is who's who's very much a, a, a you know a christian these days he um he refused to share a stage with rotting christ uh i believe it was a festival it may have actually even story. been in greece i think um but what do you think about about that i mean from from a professional point of view do you think 
should he should he be swallowing that? And look, I'm a professional. I've got to do my job. I've got to perform. Or is he is he right to say that? What, what do you think? I think he should have been swallowing his swallowing his pride on it. And two, there is one big one big example of this, and that is Tom Araya. Yeah, he of yeah. Christian, he yeah. of Slayer, yeah. who was of a Christian, pretty sure he still has a faith in some form, who would turn around, who turned around in an interview once and said, because because Kerry King is 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 almost like atheist. He is on record saying that religion is a crutch for people to lean on who are too weak to go it alone in life, which, you know, fair enough. Um, but one of the that Tom came out in this interview and said, one of the things he said was, I'm when Kerry writes a song and gives it to me, I'm not about to say to him, I don't want this song or sing this song because it's against my religion he says i want to sing this song because it's gonna piss a lot of people off yeah um and i think that i really feel that dave should have should have um like just swallowed it all and gone yeah rotten christ can support us and that's the way it goes the other thing i will say and i'm gonna and for any christians who might be listening to this i'm going to say that this is not always the case but you do find that people find who are born again as the as the saying goes do tend to be a little bit more leaning towards the fundamentalist side yeah those who are brought up as a family um it's not always the case but you do find it quite a lot and dave was born again i think in 2004 maybe a little bit before um and actually funny enough i think that his conversion kind of coincided with the rotten christ bit and i think that he got a, i think that he was so kind of on that high that you might get when you discover something of his faith that I think he just got, I think it just went to his head a little bit. Well, he was coming um, out of, coming out of addiction as well, wasn't he? So it was obviously a huge shift. Yeah. In- so yeah, there's, there was a lot yeah, of stuff on play and maybe yeah. he wasn't in the right frame of mind for it. But nowadays I th- I'd like to think he looked back and go, I'd like to think he would and go, I shouldn't have done that um, because it was, it, you know, it, it is one of those things I, I sit there and I, I personally sit there and go, no, he should have talked um you know what you you should if you're go i think that that's the problem that i have with with faith is when somebody starts using because it's essentially a form of action it's essentially you saying i can't you sh- you cannot tour with me because your beliefs go against mine yeah. um uh, and or or and for all we know, Rotting Christ might be lovely, lovely people. They're just called Rotting Christ because they play death metal, and it's a, it's like a, um, it's a provocative name, you know. Just and and, and and if it's that in time, I think the I think the, the thing going back to David Stain is, is I find this a lot with the uh, born again Christians, is that their conversion is a form of catharsis, so it's a reaction to and an, an attempt to make up for lost ground. The previous misdemeanors yeah. don't don't fit into their newfound faith. So, I think that's that's why there's those there's those zealous and uh, annoyingly pious, um, mm. and why they they feel the need to pontificate about things. So, um, and I think as well that like the, the, the trouble with I think for a lot of for a lot of us with religion as opposed to faith is that religion is a means of control. Organized religion is a means of suppression and exploitation because it's a perversion of what it supposedly represents. 
Um, so like I'm an agnostic, but I'm a vehement anti-theist and I live in one of the most religious countries in the world. So um, I think that's what like with Tom Arai from Slayer or Kerry King, for example, they're, they're, they're not trying to piss people off. They're trying to speak out against what they perceive as being an institution that's there to suppress and control rather than liberate. That would be my two cents on it. To be fair, though, I kind of agree on that. Like, I am not, I am fully aware that religion has caused more wars in the history of humanity than I think anything else on this planet. Um, and when people start to try and force it on people, like you said, means of oppression, um, it that's when things start to really, really go wrong. And I mean, I mentioned beforehand, this is also links in as to why I've always. I don't follow Christianity, I follow Christ, because Jesus didn't come to cause wars. Jesus came, as far as I'm concerned, to save the world and to rid the world of its sins. He did not come to start fractions between opposing parties. He did not come to wars. He did not come to cause conflict. So when people are starting to use like his name as just for what they're doing which is causing harm and suffering then they are going against what was originally taught uh, and i have real issues with that because it's it's a situation where it's like well you're right you, you where it's like you, you mean you're right in what you say they're basically using it to try and people and i've always as i said earlier as well like choosing to follow a faith or to to kind of like commit to that sort of life is a commitment and a one i will never tell somebody you need to follow god because or otherwise you're going to hell i'll be like if you want to know i'll tell you but you've got to make the decision because it's your life at the end of the day and it's not my place to it's not my place to make you to force you down passages that you don't want to go in yeah that, make, that makes total sense and i think that is um yeah yeah i I don't really know how to respond to that. To be fair, but it's, it makes total, <laughs> no, it right. does. It makes total sense. It's it's, well, it's how know, it, it, everything's it's about choice, be, isn't it? That's the trouble. It's how it should be. But we hear so much about you know how Christianity is treated in parts of America um, and also parts of Russia, for mm. example. And it's it is. I don't like the word perversion, but it is. It takes it to an extreme. But extremities happen in every religion, and that's that's the thing. Yeah. You know, the fact is, most people on. Most people of any faith are not like that. Um, that's what we've got to remember. Yeah. And I think the other thing we have to remember as well, there's a line, again, can't remember the exact verse or anything, but there's a line in the Bible which talks about when you do something like for the good of humanity, do it in private. So it's only known between yourself and the God that you love. And because of that, it means that you often, that the people who are most vocal about this sort of thing are the people on the extremity sites. Like most of the, like, I mean, th there's a brilliant, do you know what? And, and I'll, a brilliant um, YouTube video from last week tonight with John Oliver, who is one of the few people that makes me understand American politics. Uh, but he did a he did thing on uh, televangelism. And he basically said that how there were so many different congregations uh, within the US and most of them do good work, feeding the homeless, clothing the poor, et cetera, et cetera. And you do find that with a lot of churches. The difference is, is that they do not feel the need 
to show the world how great they are. The minute you start to kind of go, the minute you start to go, look, I've done this because I am a Christian and I am Christian. Lord me and shower me with praise. That's when it starts to go. That's when it starts to get pear shaped. And I find that a lot of the people who speak about this sort of thing are the people who are on the fringes of what Christianity should be. And if you're starting to do that, then you're in the wrong place, chief. You need to have a rethink. I, I, so. I, I, one thing I want to round this off on, really, we'll round it off on a yeah. uh, on a sort of a more light-hearted um, angle. Um, the the the, par- the parody element and the the the, the piss taking from heavy metal and, and festivals. You know, there's always someone walking around a metal festival dressed as Jesus, and and he'll be standing next to someone wearing that Cradle of Filth T-shirt. And, <laughs> yeah, yeah. As that that image, you know what, right? If we just go, that image of that being done at Bloodstock is one of my favourite pictures on the Exactly, exactly. It's almost like it it's seems hilarious. to happen every year. You know, but how do, you, yeah. how do you feel about that then as a Christian then? I mean, for, for a start, that T-shirt, that T-shirt <laughs> is one of the most provocative there is. Not just what's on the back, but what's on the front as well. You know, how do you feel yeah, about that's that? that's true. They Fun obviously fact. did it to shock. I get that, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, and that's where I take it. I knew that they did it for shock. Fun fact, I've, as part of my journalism career, I've actually interviewed Danny Filth, and he was a really nice guy. Oh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> like, completely. Like, they like, yeah. didn't come up. But it was, a, I think as well, the older that I get with that T-shirt, the more I sit there and go, if you wear that, you're trying to be edgy not wearing it uh, if you're wearing it unironically then you're an idiot i think yeah. a lot of people understand that that t-shirt was it was done for shot value and i um Ma- funny enough marduk did their own version of it i can't remember what was said on it but i know they did their own version of it as well which which was even funnier but there is a ready element i think for me it's a case of again like i've mentioned before kind of like the separating art from the artist i know i have my faith I was going to be, if I wasn't able to take half a step back and have a smile and a laugh about it and know, oh, um, I'm a Christian and a metalhead, you know, that's a bit of an oxymoron. I mean, the one story I always go to is I remember I went and saw Slipknot in Cardiff one night. It was about eight years ago now. And they finished their set with surfacing. So I'm there as, as, as the song does with both middle fingers in the air and like screaming obscenities and everything like that. 12 hours later, I was in church with my hands in the air, ch- praising <laughs> how Jesus saved me from death. Like I am aware that it is a hilarious situation to be in. Um, I think that people just take it. I, I think that if you're going to, if you're going to have that sort of kind of lifestyle where you can where you've got that contradictory element like me with my my faith and my love for heavy metal music if you don't take it lightly and if you if you don't if you take it too seriously then that's when the issue is if somebody like the one thing that i will always say is this let's say for example i'm standing next to a guy with that cradle of filth t-shirt on and we're watching a band at bloodstock for example it doesn't matter pair of us are both there to see that band and that's what connects us yeah screw yeah. whatever else is going on yeah. i want to i want i want to headbang with this guy because we're both we're both loving the same band you know there's no that like and yes i'm always open to talking 
it. Um, I know that in a Christian world, we talk about being called to do stuff. And some people are called to evangelize and talk about the word. And they're the people you see on the streets with the microphones and everything like that. What I feel I've been called to do is go into areas like, funny enough, like community and go, hey, you've got an I you've got a premonition about Christianity because of A, B, or C. I'm here to show you that A, it's not like that, and B, we aren't as bad as you think we are. Fair play. Fair you, uh, yeah, go on. on that, say, have you heard of Raised by Wolves, a sort of comedy band, comedy metal band from Yorkshire? They do stuff. I love Raised by. Uh, do you mean Raised by Owls? As raised, by to owls. raised by Owls. Yeah. Yeah. I knew yeah, exactly what you were bringing up. So, they, they, so for those of you, that so for those of cannot see this because it's an audio podcast uh raised by owls are a co- uh, more of a parody comedy metal band who did a t-shirt which on the back says jesus probably isn't that bad which is hilarious and really funny i think what also a lot of people forget is that jesus there is enough historical evidence to say that jesus existed as a human what's oh, he disputed did. Yeah. is that yeah. whether he yeah what's disputed is whether he was the son of god or not but that's where faith comes into it like if you could actually prove that a god exists kind of remove like the faith element to it is so important to that you remove that it's kind of a case of oh but again on that front i've always said to myself leave this world believing in a god and finding out there wasn't one than leaving this world not believing in a god and finding out there was that's that's why those of us who don't have a faith have got Lemmy. Yeah, I mean to be fair, trick question because Lemmy is God. There you go. Exactly. There we go. I mean, I know it... <laughs> that was that was going to be I my mean, next I... question, but yeah, yeah, we we all knew the answer to that, so it's fine. It's fine. Who, who did, I'd have given it anyway. Who would have Lemmy have got that? It's a trick question. Lemmy is God. We all exactly. know this. Exactly. I mean, I know people can't see this again, but I'm I'm currently in the middle of November. I've got six days to go, and I've. Lemmy's mutton chops quite faithfully. Yeah, I have noticed you've, you've got yeah, done. you've gone full Lemmy. So yeah, fair play to you for that. It's uh yeah. It's, I went I went full Lemmy first. I did this years ago and it was wasn't half as good as it is now. And actually I quite like it. I, yeah, I might it. keep this for the foreseeable future. Keep it, yeah, well. absolutely. absolutely. Years ago I, I did it and it was it was proper, proper Lemmy style, and I'm quite impressed. So uh, um I'm I'm very happy with what with what has turned with the fuzz that's turned out on my face. <laughs> you, want, you want to harvest that now over the next couple of years and it'll be something quite spectacular when you finish. It'll just be all down here. No, it, you know, it, it's something completely different for us. Um, thanks for coming mm. on and talking about it because it's there's probably people who listen to this. Some people might listen to this and turn off after five minutes or it might, yeah. it, it might, yeah, it, it might be the opposite. I, I don't know. But for us doing this podcast, it's something a bit different. And uh, and for the first time in ages, it's given us something to you know a bit more gritty to sort of look at. It's something we used to do quite yeah. a lot. We haven't done so much recently. So for every uh, for every top ten you do, every now and then it's nice just to have something from a different angle. So you know, thanks for coming on and and sort of you know having you say it's been it's been good fun. Do you know what, guys? It's been absolute pleasure. I've been wanting to talk about this for quite a long time and never really had the opportunity to do so because. I am fully aware that I somewhat of a contradictory life on this and it's always really good to talk about it. Um, just to say as well, I'm going to be, a sh- I'm just going to quickly shameless. 
you do listen to this and you want to talk to me about it afterwards, I'm basically on all social media channels where you can find me at Elliot Lever 92 L-E-A-V-E-R 92. Yeah, come find me, have a chat about it. We'll we'll, we'll discuss more and I'll, I'll be happy to answer any questions that anyone may have. There you go. What more can you ask for? Public service. So, uh, yeah. Right. So that's that's about it for this week. Um, we are getting close to the end of the year. Uh, I believe we have one more episode before we get to that. Um, are we all sort of, you know, quickly before we finish, we all get into that point now where our, our sort of top 10, top 20 albums of the year are, are kind of nailed down. It's... Yeah, it's been, it's been a tough year because it's been it's been a strong year for heavy metal. There, there's a bit of shuffling around with a re-listens, but it's the, the top ten is fairly locked in at least. All right, fair play. I, I, had I think I think I'm just Hammer about there. The, I had to I had to submit mine for Hammer in the middle of last month to make the issues. Oh. <laughs> and <laughs> but the but the thing is, uh, but yeah, so but it still might change because you know I've got a personal top, 20, but most of it is there. I think. Yeah, yeah, it's, it's it's been a strong year. It's been it's been a tough one. I've been re-listening to it all, and there's yeah. been a couple that I've gone back and thought, "Shit, I completely forgot about that," and it's gone back into my top twenty. So, you do you know, know what? Uh, right, I had this with the, I had this with the Nea Bliviscaris album. The who? Sorry, Listen what? To that again, and went why? Uh, it's by a band called Nea Bliviscaris. It's yeah, basically you, you black metal. You don't like it's basically yeah. I was going to say it's basically like, basically like extreme metal with added violin. Um, but it was, I listened to it and when I completely forgot, I loved this album as much as I did. I'll give it, I'll give anything to go. Ping, ping me a link and I'll, uh, I'll, I'll give it a listen. Yeah. I'll, I'll drop you a line with it in there. Uh, it, you have to give up about an hour and 15, maybe twice in order to listen to it, but oh, it's there if you need it. Oh, it's progressive black metal progressive with violin. Okay. It's not an I'm, easy I'm, listen. I've got a long drive tomorrow, so I'll, uh, I'll 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 give it a shot. But um, but yeah, look, our uh, our end of year episode will be um yeah. will be airing sometime just before Christmas. But I think we'll squeeze in we'll squeeze in one more just for them. We have got a couple of gigs coming up as well that we'll want to talk about. Um, ironically, considering this episode, one of those I'm going to go and check out Gorgoroth in Birmingham. So um, <laughs> a band that I'm not I'm not I'm not even a fan of Gorgoroth to be fair, but I'm in Birmingham, so it's something to do for a evening. So I'll um we'll, we'll be then, that's fair. That. And then even more ironic, we're seeing the Almighty. We are seeing the Almighty, yeah, which I cannot wait for. <laughs> <Yeah>. Amazing. <laughs> so yeah, <looking laughs> that'll be that. fun. So uh, until then, thanks again for listening, and uh, and as usual, stay metal. <laughs>